In the Park Festival is back in Newcastle, and you could be there watching headliner Rag and Bone Man. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to see Rag and Bone Man on Sunday the 5th of May. He'll be joined by Newcastle-born singer-songwriter and brother to Sam, the hugely talented Liam Fender. To be in with a chance of winning two tickets, just answer the following question. What is the real first name of Rag and Bone Man? Is it Reginald, Rory or Colin? To enter, download the free Durham On Air app for your smartphone or tablet, click on Win, and you could be in Newcastle watching Rag and Bone Man on the 5th of May. Entries close at 11pm on May the 2nd. For full terms and conditions, visit durhamonair.com. In the Loop, a podcast from the heart of Durham. Welcome to In the Loop, the Durham podcast. Episode number four for January 2022. A belated Happy New Year from me. I'm Emma Hignett. Thank you for joining me. Uh, So today we're in Durham and we're talking about coloured lights, gold medals and looking after the city's bright future. You see the theme? Get it? Uh, And then we throw in some drumming and dancing as well for good measure. But before we go any further, a big thank you to City of Durham Parish Council for supporting this podcast, which is created in association with Totally Locally Durham, the movement championing the independence that make Durham City different from any other city. Um, And you'll hear a little bit more, actually, about independence in our city, just a little bit later on. So in the City Loop today, we will hear from Elizabeth Scott. She tells us how the Parish Council sees Durham as we exit pandemic. She touches wood and look to a bright future. Um, I don't know. Do you think people's minds have changed? People's attitudes? I think they have a little through living through a pandemic. Another conversation for another time. In the independent loop today, it's colourful lights, uh, kind of in a place where you don't expect to see them. And then in the student loop, we're finding out about student award winners. I heard there were golds and silvers and bronzes and I, I thought I have to find out a bit more. We'll catch up with Alice, too, in Alice Explores. So before we get started, as this is a new podcast, I think four months, still classes as new, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to know what you think and what you want to hear about. Uh, you can email admin at totallylocallydurham.co.uk to get in touch. Please do. Um, and please help us spread the word about the podcast, too. It's called In The Loop, the Durham podcast. Tell your friends to listen in. Please give us a like and subscribe and share it onwards. Because the more people who listen, I think the more people who find out about Durham, find out about the little things going on, come in, make the most of them, we all benefit. Let's kick off today with The City Loop. We're hopefully coming out of two years dominated by COVID-19, the pandemic. So what happens now? And where does our city head from here? Big question, I would say, big question. And we're only going to scratch the surface today in the time we have. But I guess let's get started. I caught up with Councillor Elizabeth Scott from City of Durham Parish Council. The City Loop. It's brilliant to be able to speak to Elizabeth Scott. So let me get this all right. You you represent the ward of Neville's Cross on the City of Durham Parish Council and you chair the business, the Finance and Business Committee? Yes, the Business Committee, in fact, on its own. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Business Committee, which makes you a great person to speak to about what the Parish Council uh, believes it can do and where it sees the future for business in the heart of Durham. Because, you know, even before the pandemic, 
uh, High Street cer certainly was suffering and struggling. Um, and now as we, fingers crossed, come out of the pandemic, um, what are your plans? What's exciting you? What can you drive ahead, do you think, in the coming months? Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, Durham is a very small and compact city centre, and it has suffered the same um, fate as many of our towns in that some of the big high street names have pulled away from, um, from Durham. And because it's so small, that then becomes very obvious if we've lost um, retail users out of, um, out of buildings. So it's very much um, our ambition to make Durham a vibrant city centre once again, and to try and fill those voids that currently exist with um, independent businesses really, or smaller chains who are perhaps more suited to a city like Durham in, in the current um, retail climate, and to give them a helping hand really in order to access any help that might be available. Um, there are businesses that want to come to Durham but perhaps they haven't had sufficient um, help and encouragement in years gone by. So that's very much where we see we have a role to work with partners and, and to ensure that um, we are hospitable to any businesses wanting to, to come into the market. I, I, I like that you mentioned, mentioned partnership working, because I think, you know, there's so many bodies with an interest in Durham um, and you feel that if they all work together, the strength of that could be amazing. It should be amazing. Absolutely, yes. And I also obviously have a role on the county council. So um, I'm, I'm very keen to, to bring the right people in, right officers in to help with Durham. Um, but yes, we have the parish council. We have the business improvement district, Durham Bid. Um, and actually, I just had a meeting this morning with Durham Bid about how are we going to address next year's Christmas lights, would you believe? <laughs> having, ju having just taken them down, we want to think about how that's going to look for next year. Um, we also work very, very closely with the markets company, of course, um, who are a key player. Both of our um, shopping centres, so we work with Riverwalk and Prince Bishops, and also the university who have a significant investment in the city centre. I think that there are two sides to, to what we want to achieve in Durham. And one is to make it a brilliant town centre for the people that live in and around Durham. Um, and that it has to be that on its own merits. But also there is the tourist element to things that that we want to bring people to Durham from further afield to, to see what a wonderful world heritage site it is but that there needs to be a great offer that surrounds that around interesting retail and hospitality for folk and obviously um the county council are bidding for city of culture 2025 yes and that is a county-wide bid but at the very heart of it is is Durham city itself um, and actually, the fact that Durham is struggling a little bit, despite the fact that it has World Heritage status, etc., it is a real positive in terms of bidding for 2025 because it shows that we do have work to do. We do need investment. We do need to raise the game. Um, and, and winning um, City of Culture would be obviously a fabulous asset in terms of that. But 
even if we don't win it, we still need to make those leaps. And, and the beauty of that campaign and all the publicity around it is people, everybody knew and knows that Durham exists, but maybe, you know, a large percentage of suddenly going, I've never been to Durham or I haven't been to Durham for ages. And I guess it's about putting it back on the map. Absolutely, yes. And I think people may have been to Durham and experienced one side of it, but there's so much in the county that can um, form a, a basis for a for a visit. You know, the, the countryside, the dales, the, the coastline, other towns in, in County Durham, but, you know, always looking to, to Durham City as being the, the kind of hub of all of that. I think we've got a really exciting offer. And Exciting as well for people um, who may want to work in the northeast to come and live in Durham. Um, and that's the bit about making sure that the city centre is great for the people that live here. You know, it, it's not a it's not a theme park. It has yeah. to operate for the local people. And that's very important to us as well. One of the things that the Parish Council has put, um, has published uh, following a meeting in November, it was their five points of action, five things they're passionate about. And yeah. one of them was to be an ambitious voice for the city. So as a kind of cl closing question, how far can that take you? What, what's the sort of maybe the blue sky thinking, for want of a phrase, that is going on that we could see amazing things happen, things we've not expected? Yeah, I think... Um... That is really about um, being able to restore Durham, something about Durham that people feel is lost. So the vibrancy, the excitement. Uh, I think we can be a lot more ambitious about local events and what we can achieve. I mean, we've, you know, we have things like um, Durham Regatta annually. And as a city, we don't make a huge amount of it. It's, it's sort of a discreet thing that happens. But it's very but, much university focused yeah. and, and not we, city focused. If we open that up to the town and to businesses, there's so much more that we can achieve together. Um, and I'm very hopeful that we can bring a food festival to Durham yeah. City. Ooh. So we've got two very successful food festivals further afield in the county, but Durham City doesn't have a, a food festival currently. So um, I'm talking to various parties about that. And I think, you know, things like that are a wonderful addition and um, really change the, can change the face of a, of a town centre. And, and also, I mean, we know that the Christmas festival has the biggest footfall of the year. So a food festival at a different time of the year could have a similar impact when the weather's warmer <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> yes bring you know bringing coach loads of people in to to experience that end of things um and we've got an, a very interesting international food angle i think that we could bring to durham city um we've got a lot of asian um shops and eating places now in durham and that that's quite exciting in terms of food and drink can I ask one thing as a closing as a closing comment? Um, I feel like we probably need to talk again in a few months because we'd love to keep up to date on what is happening, what the plans are and what people can get involved with. Uh, will you come back on the podcast? Absolutely. Emma, anytime you like. All right. That's brilliant. Brilliant <laughs> talking to you. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's great. Thank you. Thank you to Councillor Elizabeth Scott. And we will get her back on for future episodes because she's, let's face it, at the coal front.
I should say coalface, shouldn't I? At the coalface. Um, and she can bring us information about what the parish council is up to and what the future could be, things we might get involved with, um, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, do you know what? If you have questions for Councillor Elizabeth Scott or any of the other councillors on the parish council, then you know what? You could send them through to us and we'll organise to have a bit of a Q&A with them and see what they have to say. Why not? Um, it's an idea for a future programme, isn't it? Next, we're going to move on. Um, let's investigate our independent loop for today. We're visiting the Market Hall and a stall which, how can we say this? Um, yes, it's in the heart of Durham, but you, you sort of turn around the, country, the corner and kind of go, oh, Dur Durham? Is this in Durham? This should surely be in another country. But no, it's right here in the heart of Durham. The independent loop. Well, welcome to Harbour's Art. Thank you very nice, much. Nice to see you again. It's lovely. It's the most colourful corner of Durham Market Hall. Indeed, yes. I'm glad you see that way. It's brilliant. It is. It's yeah, lovely. It's, it's, it's uh, bright. Surprisingly unexpected, isn't it? It is. You it know. is. Do you know what? How many people just turn around the corner and kind of go, oh! They do, yes. Yeah, they don't expect to see it. But uh, again, uh, it's uh, pleasantly surprising. Yeah. yeah. So people uh, uh, always, uh, like almost over the, over the moon to see that. Now, let's, a quick explanation. How bizarre in the Market Hall is it's like a Turkish bazaar and it's That's full right. of authentic Turkish everything. But I suppose the primary Artwork, thing is the lighting. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Obviously. the mosaic lighting. That's right, yeah. So that's the primary uh, product we have. Uh, they're all handmade. And obviously, they're all made in Istanbul, made in Turkey. And um, there's a lot of work there. It takes a lot of time to uh, get them made. So, yeah, you know, it's all, all Turkish. We don't only just have the lumps. Obviously, we've got uh, a rugs, uh, throws. We have lovely cushion covers to match into the rugs as well. We've got a little bit of hand-painted ceramic. Uh, blue eye, which Turkey is well recognized with, uh, you know, having a blue eye, which is to do with the look. So a variety of uh, look. So it's a, it's a lucky charm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people use them uh, to hang um, in their houses, in the car, uh, in the garden. So it's they believe it brings a good luck. Now I have to ask because I know in the past you have taken regular trips back to your homeland of Turkey. Yes. To search out new stock. That's right. But yeah, I imagine yeah. for the last two years, that's been rather difficult. Indeed, yes. Uh, it's been very challenging. Obviously, um, in order to find a new uh, product, new lines, you need to be there. You really literally like you need to like dig in uh, with all the bazaars and all the uh, wholesalers. So we haven't been able to do that. But because uh, we have built a good relationship with our own existing suppliers, we managed to get some stock, obviously, um, uh, without visiting. Um, so um, that's what we survived through last Christmas. And they do a good job, to be honest. You know, they actually, it's like almost made to, to measure, you know, custom made. Uh, obviously, now 
We've been here um, nearly eight years. In the market hall? In the market hall. So we now know more or less what our customer wants, you know, what's, what's our colour, what sort of patterns and what have you. So obviously we reflected back to the, uh, our supplier and they're very kind and supportive to um, go along with what we want. Can I ask you about two specific things that I can see from where I'm sitting, yeah. right? One is, in your lighting area, there's two, I would say, metallic lamps that I've never seen before. Yes, yeah. So, uh, tell me about those. Yes, they are, uh, they look a bit more like Moroccan rather than yes. Turkish. Yeah. yeah. So, my supplier is a very experimental person, you know. Yeah. Um, he designed everything himself. Um, so every now and then he likes to try different things and obviously um, maybe pass it on to ourselves to get a feedback from customers and see how they go uh, in order to carry on with the same line and product. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's how they end up being in the Durham. and uh, <laughs> They look very interesting, aren't they? Yeah. Now the yeah. other thing that appeared in your shop... Um, yeah. I think it, it, sort of autumn last year was the the puppets, the marionette puppets. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so the puppets made by Lenka. Uh, she is my um, brother-in-law's wife. Uh, she's very famous, believe it or not. Um, she's well known around that circle. Mm -hmm. uh, so she, like, they live in Prague and here in Siem, believe it or not. Well, they, they spend uh, their time between Prague so, and Siem. Yeah, yeah, they travel backwards and forwards. So she goes there and get all the woods and everything, um, uh, you know, from there. And she just brings them almost half made, them over here, and just make them. So basically she made everything from scratch. Wow. In including the clothing and, you know, makeup and whatever you see on that uh, uh, marionettes, she makes them from scratch. They are quite special, aren't they? They are indeed, yeah. They're very different. Um, so the reason we display them here, um, just to maybe just give her work a little platform in the Durham area so that, you know, the, the, the customers who visit Durham Market get the seat. Uh, we've got some cards and, you know, uh, contacts. Brilliant. Uh, for customers to one last question yes and and this is a like how how you know how long is a piece of string how soon do you reckon you might get back to turkey well it's uh, it's a plan that we make every day almost it's like i said it's on the agenda um so we are hoping you know if everything goes well we will be visiting sometimes this summer Excellent. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy shopping. Yes, I know. We can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait to be there. Thanks to Metin of How Bazaar. I've put all the contacts for How Bazaar on the show notes so you can find them there. And of course, we hope that Metin does manage to get to his homeland soon. It's looking a little more promising. Don't you think? A little more promising? Anyway, thank you for listening to In The Loop, the Durham podcast with me, Emma Hignett. Still to come, students picking up prizes and looking ahead to the hmm, next new year. Mm -hmm. Slightly cunning line there. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends about it and please like and subscribe so you'll get every episode. We come out once a month. We aim to anyway. Uh, if there's something we should be talking about, please do let us know. You can email admin at totallylocallydurham.co.uk. 
Now, while we're here, thank you to City of Durham Parish Council for supporting this podcast. They're fabulous for supporting us. But now it's the student loop. And when I heard that Durham Student Radio Station had picked up a whole load of awards, I was sort of tempted. It seemed a good idea to get hold of them and find out more. The Student Loop. For the Student Loop, this month we're talking to Joanna Wright. Yes. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Um, and you're station manager for Purple Radio. Yes, which always sounds like quite a difficult to understand title, but it's effectively the president in terms of a social uh, Durham focused thing but station manager yeah is is the right term for our kind of student radio network and Purple Radio is Durham's radio station for the students and you've been involved all the way through your university time yes I got involved in my first year as a broadcaster which is how most people kind of get in as a broadcaster or a podcaster um I went into my second year as the head producer, which at the time wasn't really a role. I think I just sort of <laughs> went into it thinking I want to do something with my second year, um, which was really exciting, and we ended up doing some really cool things in that year. Um, I took over as station manager almost a year ago now, so my time is is rapidly coming to an end. But, um, yeah, three years at Purple, which is, you know, it's been great to see it go through all the highs and lows, but it's I've kind of enough for me now. I'm ready to graduate. I was going to say, that's, that's three years of pandemic as well. It's three years of pandemic all the time. radio. Pandemic radio is, is, is de- definitely a challenge, but it's been it's been pretty amazing um, to be involved, you know, and see it grow so much in the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited, I guess, to kind of pass it on to other people and see what happens and see where they manage to take the station in the coming years. So anybody who's going purple radio, what, where? Yes. So, it's the student-run radio station for Durham. Yes. So I apologise for the background noise. We're in Café Drop over <laughs> coffees. Um, where can people found, find it? They can find us at purpleradio.co.uk um, or one of our kind of most active places is we're very alive on social media, so purple underscore radio on Instagram is where we kind of keep our... I guess our members and the Durham audience updated on what we're doing. Um, we're located at the moment at Maiden Castle, which any Durham students will know is actually the sports grounds, which feels very confusing whenever we tell people, oh, our, our broadcast studios are in Maiden Castle, but they've, they've been very good to us and um, giving us a bit of a home there. So you'll be able to find us there or on our internet radio station, which is PubRadio.co.uk. And what style of radio are you? So you obviously a music radio. Yes, I mean, I think the best thing about student radio is that we're completely all over the place in terms of (laughs) genres and styles. I think unlike, you know, proper broadcast commercial radio where you have to do certain things and you have to play music and you have, you know... Kind you of do regular have, shows, right? Yes, yes. Um, you have a, you'll have a, you know, any regular radio station will have a schedule and exactly. it will have a target audience. Yes. Um, that's very defined and therefore the, the programming targets that audience. BBC is far broader than commercial, yeah, yeah. but I imagine you're a, a younger version of Radio 4 crossed with Radio 1. But yeah, that's the best way that I could think of putting it is exactly that. I think um, one of the joys of student radio is that we're effectively we have every hour is something completely different and we try and give as much control to our broadcasters and our producers as possible and they can really go wherever they want to go with their with their time so we really encourage kind of diverse music range we have shows all over the place in terms of we have like a k-pop hour we've got like a drum and bass hour late night we've got you know a classical music hour on a sunday afternoon and a jazz on a sunday evening and so in terms of our music genre and our target audience it's really just trying to encompass what 
students listen to, which is a little bit of everything. Um, but the freedom in terms of having such a broad schedule is pretty exciting. We're not really constrained by having to have the breakfast show and the drive time and the kind of news here and traffic there. We're just a big, diverse kind of melting pot of different ideas. Do you have advertising? We, we, well, we have had in the past, um, and one of the things that we do at, at the moment is we'll advertise for other societies, which is quite nice. Yeah. So we've always had a nice um, Durham Bone Marrow Society advert that kind of you hear every once in a while, but it, it's it's nice to give other societies the opportunity to, I guess, kind of promote their um, promote their work and, and get it out into kind of Durham student audiences. Um, but that's, it gives us an air of being a professional radio station as well to have an advert on the hour. <laughs> but you are also an award-winning radio station. We are. So what happened? What was the award? Well, we've had a, a pretty exciting year awards-wise. There are two big award ceremonies in the kind of student radio calendar. You have the Amplifies in summer, which is effectively about um, behind-the-scenes technical stuff. And then you have um, the SRAs, which is the big, like, the Oscars of student radio. And that's, the Student Radio Awards. Yes, it's always, it's always a pretty big deal. And up until now, the biggest things we've ever gotten, we've gotten one Amplify Award before, um, and we've gotten, I think, one or potentially two student radio awards over the course of 25 years of existing. Um, but we've had a knockout couple of years and we managed to get, I think, five Amplify Awards in summer and we got three big uh, SRAs this autumn, which was very exciting. So which SRAs did you get? So we got, oh, actually, I say three, I think it was four, actually. We managed one. to get, the most exciting one was uh, our Diversity and Inclusion and Equality Award, which was really uh, a big deal for us to win just because it's something that we really pushed, um, in, you know, part of the station culture. So that was excellent. We won one for uh, Best Podcast from the wonderful work from Ella Bicknell. Uh, we won one for Best, it must have been live, uh, kind of journalistic uh, output. So that was wonderful. And there's one more that's going to really annoy me. So many now that you can't remember them yeah, all. Yeah, it's so difficult. I mean, over the course of that entire night, I think we won 10 awards. So oh, my. Pretty mighty. Um, but walking away with four golds is is a huge achievement for the whole station. So, yeah. And you're obviously yourself moving on away from Durham this coming summer. So you're going to hand... How is it, how's it going to be to hand the reins on to somebody else? Emotional. I think it's, <laughs> it's difficult. I remember being in this position last year and taking over from my predecessor, Gabe, and he was finding it hard to let go, and I thought, oh, that's a bit dramatic. But now that I'm in the same position, it's, it's pretty gutting to have to give up after... Um, after a year and you know and look for somebody to take over but I think the team we have at the moment is fantastic it's the best exec that I've seen at Purple you know since I've been around in terms of the dedication and, and just the kind of teamwork and the creative ideas and so I have no doubt that you know someone very capable will, will take over and you know I have no fears in leaving just this general sadness to have to leave behind what's been such a big part of, of mine and a lot of my kind of friends and uh, and colleagues is kind of university experience and will you still listen when you've gone on yes. to wherever you're going on to will you come home at the end of the day and absolutely absolutely I mean I think one of the things like I was saying is that because we have such a diverse schedule you can listen and, and really hear any day of the week any hour we have totally different things going on so it's just it feels like non-stop entertainment you can get people having little talk shows we've got a great true crime hour Ooh. in the evenings which is very 
very interesting. We have people telling campfire stories. We've got an agony aunt out. And so I would, without a doubt, be kind of coming home from work and trying to tune in just to see what's happening now at Purple. But I, I have every confidence that it'll be something exciting. That's brilliant. Lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. In the Loop, the Durham podcast. So I've now done a little bit more research and the awards that Purple Radio picked up at the SRAs, the Student Radio Awards, back in November were the Gold Awards for Diversity, Equality and Inclusion, for Best Station Branding, for Best Podcast Programming, for Letters from a Stranger, and the fourth gold was the Kevin Greening Award for Creativity, again for Letters from a Stranger. And then there was Silver Award for Best Journalist Programming for Remember, Remember the Month of November, alongside, same category, the Bronze Award for Durham Through Covid. There was also a Bronze Award for Josh Davies as Best Newcomer and a Bronze for Joanna Wright, who we've just spoken to, as Best Producer. Well done, Joanna. And Silvers for Best Sports Programming and Silver for Josh Davies, another award for him for Best Technical Achievement which is a pretty stonkingly impressive Hall of Medals. So, yeah, they, they, they have every right to be screaming and shouting and proud. And I can't help thinking, though, the boss of the station taking over from Joanna, uh, uh, next year's president, has some shoes to fill, don't you think? Has a bit of a mountain to climb to, to go beyond that one. So good luck to whoever it is. And you can always come back and see us and tell us how things are going. If you want to find out more about Purple Radio, I know she gave things like Instagram in the middle of the programme. Um, all the links are in the show notes to make it easy for you. Uh, their website, their social media, etc., etc. Same for all of our contributors today too. But we're nearly at the end. Finally for today, it is Alice Explores with background sound effects of the hand dryer. Um, I love it. Uh, today we're looking forward, but we're also talking about when she's been out shopping. Alice Explores. So, Alice, what are we up to? What have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Well, it is. It's now, well, ha Happy New Year. It's now, we're now in the... Uh, it's a little bit late for it, Happy New it, Year, it, is a it little. It is a little bit late for, for New Year, but it is early for Lunar New Year, though, as well. I'm sure you said Nuna, then. <laughs> Luna. 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 It's Luna. these face yeah, coverings. I was going to say it's a face covering. Um, so, yes, we've got lots to... been lots of things planning for Lunar New Year. The nice thing is that Chinese New Year, yes. which avoids us saying Luna, Chinese New Year, we obviously missed it last year. So it's lovely to have it back in the heart of Durham with the lion and the noise and the sort of the raucous atmosphere it, it brings has. into the city centre. The last time we did it, believe it or not, was was two, yeah, two years ago. It was so, February 2020. So this time it is, There's uh, we're going to be going to be back we've got um we've got the chinese lion dancing um with one of the local primary schools giving us a hand which will be going on from about hoppers 12 lovely um throughout so there will be uh there will be well you will certainly hear us before you see us mm -hmm. um and then there is also lots of um activities so lots of storytelling crafts stalls music art going on at specific points throughout the city center as well throughout the day so it's uh, so yes the uh, the year of the tiger. 
will be celebrated well and truly. It will be, yes. Okay, and if you need any more information about that, it'll be on Durham Market's website, won't it? Yes, it will be. Okay, excellent. Anything else you've discovered on your travels? I have. Well, I made a promise last time that I I would go and do some exploring Mm because I hadn't due to Christmas Festival. So I actually managed to make my way into Mugwump. Up on Sadler Street. Up on Sadler Street, which was... um, which was really nice to go into because it had been a little while since I was in because I forgot it actually seems to have more floors than I realised. It's so got at least three. It's got at least three, but I forgot that you can go down the yeah, stairs. Yeah, you can go down there. So yeah. I, I, had, I had a proper good explore. It was brilliant. So I found all sorts of lovely, um, I think there was glassware and then lots of things to do with candles. Mm-hmm. So, and because I was on the hunt for some, for some presents presents for people so I, I I got some really nice and unusual things as well which is I quite like their clothing as well oh now is that that's up, is that up I think the that's top? upstairs yeah. but, but yes I can be I can be tempted as I will their window display <laughs> can be very tempting I was going to say their window display I remember from Christmas the Christmas window display was really good so any plans of things you wish to explore and then we can hold you to it you before we next talk well I have to admit I would like to actually explore something food oriented <laughs> I think you know I feel I, I feel like there's some food or food exploration needs to happen I think. okay all right we'll we'll look forward <laughs> to that one thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you, Alice. And to all my contributors today, to Joanna Wright from Purple Radio, to Metin from How Bizarre, and to Councillor Elizabeth Scott. And thank you to you, because without you, what's the point? Uh, Thank you to you for tuning in to In The Loop, the Durham podcast with me, Emma Hignett. The show notes have all the links from our guests in today's episode. Please do what I do and spread the word a little bit. Just tell one person. That'll do it. Tell one person and we've doubled our audience. Um, Like and subscribe to our podcast, please. And if you have any ideas about what we should be talking about, who we should be talking to, what's interesting out there, things that we're missing and you're thinking, you're missing it, you're missing it, then get in touch. You can email admin at totallylocallydurham.co.uk. And that's it for now. We'll be back next month with another episode of In The Loop, the Durham podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're locked in a strange room. Time is against you. You need to get out, and there's only one way to do it. Have you got what it takes to discover the clues, solve the puzzles, and escape before the clock runs out? Then step into Escape Rooms Durham and see if you can unravel the mystery of Mr. Borrowdale's study or steal the formula in the lab heist. Escape Rooms Durham is the perfect challenge for families, friends, colleagues and birthdays. Find out more at escapedurham.co.uk Then come and escape from Escape Rooms Durham on Sadler Street in Durham City Centre.